Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Welcome to the show today, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, Today's guest is a Florida-based guitar player. He experienced contemporary jazz success as a member of the group Catch the Groove, whose single Shaken Not Stirred reached the Billboard Top 20. But the pandemic brought about a change for him, as it was uh, uh, in part one of the catalysts for causing him to say, hey, I'm going to strike out on my own and become a solo artist. So in 2019, he did just that with the release of his first single, Keeping It Real. And please welcome to the show today, Mr. Ellis White. Ellis, thank you for taking time to join us today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the invite. Absolutely. Good to have you on. So I, I got to imagine that making that decision to say, I'm going to you know, leave this group that's had some success and strike out as a solo artist, I, I got to believe that was, that was a, big, a, lot, a lot went into that decision. Yeah, it, it did. The decision was made a little easier, though, for the mere fact that because of COVID, some of these guys had to make some real life decisions, you know, to monetize themselves. So, um, you know, they moved away or hung it up for a while. So with all of that taken into consideration, it was, uh, I saw it as the best time to, to make the change. Yeah, that makes sense. I, yeah, you know, that's one of the things that I don't, I, we haven't, I haven't talked to many, many people about, but you guys a really good point about I wonder how many people actually had to make a decision to go in a different direction because of COVID. Because uh, if you're a musician, the whole world stopped then. It sure did. Yeah. And for two years, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard enough to make a living as a musician, but for two years to not be able to make any money because there's no touring going on, you can do some recording. And I think some people were industrious enough to do some things that were virtual and whatnot, but still that you weren't making a lot of money doing that either. So no, that's that's for sure. You know, we we lost a lot of uh, shows in the, that were in the lineup that got you know deterred yeah. because of COVID. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me, how did your journey to becoming a musician start? Well, I started out, you know, many years ago playing the standard cover tunes and the and the local uh, nightclubs and bars. You know, doing the the rock and the blues and. Uh, just doing some original stuff and Dick, you know, kind of went along like that for, for many years. And uh, then I got introduced into the contemporary jazz world. And uh, I decided that uh, that was the lane that I'd like to try to focus on. So in 2010, I was lucky enough to find a great group of musicians um, here locally in Florida who had the same mindset. And uh, so Catch the Groove was born from that. And uh, we've been on, I've been on that same vein ever since, con- combining uh, contemporary jazz and contemporary blues, you know, into a show format. Yeah. What was it about contemporary jazz that drew you? It was the integration of so many different styles of music. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you listen to, you know, to my music or some other artist, and you, you hear uh, not only jazz, but you hear an R&B influence in some songs. You hear some blues, you hear some Latin, you hear some pop. And um, it allows you to kind of, you know, mix up some music and then the art of improvising. That's probably what really drew me in. Yeah, that's a really great point. I, I, I tell people all the time who, when I talk to people about jazz who maybe aren't people who know jazz and know how big of a bucket jazz is with so many different silos, right? 
I tell I try to explain with them them with contemporary jazz. One of the things I say to them is like to get people in. It's like tell me a band or an artist that you like, and I guarantee you, I can point you to somebody in the contemporary jazz world that you'll like because of what you're saying. It is such a melding of so many different styles of music, which is a cool thing. Absolutely, love it. So clearly, you've been influenced by musicians from many different genres. Who are some of those top musical influences that you've had in your career? Yeah, I would say, you know, a a few of the top ones would be, and they would be kind of along the lines of guitarists, were really influenced by the blues from Eric Clapton. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love the uh, stylings of Santana. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Latin vibe. And uh, kind of on the the jazz vein, to some extent, was... uh, from uh, one of the guys from originally from um, Steely Dan. Larry Carlton? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I find uh, I kind of style, a little bit of my style is is a combination of all those guys. Yeah. Those are pretty good players to to kind of pattern yourself after, huh? <laughs> I would say so, yeah. Yeah, a lot, lot of success. A lot of success with those guys and, and, and their guitars. No doubt about that. So what was it like for you the first time you heard a song of yours or your groups on the radio? What was that experience? Where were you? How did you react? Oh, actually, I got a call from somebody from out of state that said, you, you know, your song's playing on this radio station and they, you know, put it on their phone and so I could hear it. It was like, it was, it was amazing. I mean, it was, it was like a feeling you can't explain. Uh, you know, you're, everything you put into something is now, being heard by the universe and um it was it's just a feeling of joy and pride yeah 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 that's got to be cool that's got to be cool well let's play let's play your first solo single how about we take a listen to keeping it real all right Thank you. 
everybody. That was today's guest, Ellis White, with his song, Keeping It Real. So tell us what your talk to us, Ellis, a little bit about your process for making music and, you know, how does it come to be? What inspires it? And how do you get started, you, you know, and how do you make it come, come to fruition? Well, usually it's it's something either my past that inspires it or it's something that I may have recently heard, seen, experienced. It kind of, you know, becomes uh, the, the theme. I usually always start with, you know, kind of, uh, you know, strumming out the chords and, and uh, guitar patterns and then, you know, building from there with uh, drum tracks and piano tracks and, you know, try to put a, uh, you know, a really good ghost track together to, you know, bring to a producer to get the project finished. How, how important would you say the role of the producer is in, in get, helping you get your music to where you want it to go? It, it's very important because the, you know, the collective minds, you know, being put into, into the song, you know, it's like, you know, you'll mention something that, you know, I didn't think of and, uh, or, or I would mention something and just, you know, the, the back and forth and trying different things. And, you know, it, it just takes that song from an idea now to this, you know, really blossomed piece of music. And uh, it, I just find it, you know, a producer a very integral. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know then? How do you, when, when a song is ready to be released, what is it for you that says to me, yeah, this is it. This is, it's time to let it go. Well, I, you know, once I take a final listen to everything that's in there, you know, as we, as the song is being built, and when I can close my eyes and I hear everything the way that I had envisioned hearing it from the very beginning, then I know, you know, that this is ready to go to the public. Yeah. Okay. Okay. When you make that decision, are you, is there something you're chasing? Like, are you chasing it being true to your vision? Or are you chasing something that you think people will like commercially or? I kind of you know, take the song to something that, you know, that, that I like that, that fits the genre, but I try to make it so that it is not completely like everything else out there. Okay. I try to bring it a little bit of a different feel and aspect to the song. And I get a lot of comments that that's one of the things that people like about my music is the fact that that's what they hear is something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a really that's a good spot I think to be in. I think sometimes people try too hard to be like something or someone, right? And exactly. I think the marketplace, you know, like the marketplace has a uh, a lot of those similar a lot of artists who you you could say are similar, but there are certain artists. You know, one comes to mind for me that like it's like from the very first lick, you know, it's him. It's Chris Chris Dandring, you know. Like there's no, there's no, there's no fooling around. You know, it's him from the very first lick, which is kind of a cool thing, right? And I think it's great to be able to kind of build your own sound and and create your own, um, create your own identity through music. I think that's the, one of the keys too for our, uh, the longest careers too. I think are those people who are just themselves too, right? So what about live shows? How do you get ready for a live show? What goes into preparing to to put on a show for people for you? That has changed immensely yeah. uh, with the, the going solo as opposed to having the group. I bet. So now it's like, you know, depending upon where the show is, I try to take 
one or two key players that still know my music inside and out and uh, find the rest of the staff for to, to pull off the show in whatever city that, you know, we're kind of rolling into. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sending and making sure the music sent out ahead of time and then rehearsals were set up prior to the show, wherever it may be. So that's kind of the, what I've had to gravitate to as opposed to having, a, you know, a, a consistent rehearsal basis with a full band that just goes wherever it is I go. So it's been a change to adapt to, but it seems to be working fine. Is that What is that change driven by, do you think? Is that change driven by the the financial piece of it, or is that change driven by, uh, by other factors? Um, it's driven by a lot of it's driven by the financial aspect, yeah. especially since, you know, post COVID and, you know, it's um, the, I, I find that the, the, the fees are quite not where they used to be. Yeah. Uh, so you have to make some adaptations and uh, you know, this, instead of me going into a, a city with, five or six people, I might be going in with one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, so, you know, hotel costs are down, you know, hiring the musicians locally, there's usually a standard fee for that. And, you know, so every, all the costs gets to go down a little bit, which makes my fee more reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you from a promoter standpoint, it's, it's a tough go nowadays, you know, I mean, Everybody in the everybody in the ecosystem kind of got slaughtered during COVID, right? You know, the musicians weren't playing, so they couldn't earn. The promoters couldn't do shows, so they couldn't earn. And then even when you started, when you got back into doing shows as a promoter, it was it was, it's 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 been a little bit touch and go because I remember I, I did a show and you know tickets started off great, and then the COVID Delta variant hit, and the ticket sales just just fell off the cliff, right? And so, but by then you're committed, you know? And so it's hard. It's a, it's a harder way to make a go these days, isn't it? Yeah, it, it definitely is. And, there, you know, and I, tr- I try to find ways to, to make it work for both me and the, and the concert promoter and, or yeah. festival promoter and, and try to, you know, come somewhere in the middle where we both make out all right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a wise way of doing it too, I tell you. So when you're up on the stage and you're and you're seeing people getting into it, you know, how does that how does that impact you? How does that make you feel? How does that impact your show? It's like a it's like a fuel. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, you know, have a tendency to, you know, maybe change things a little bit in the song that wasn't rehearsed to try to keep that momentum going mm-hmm. a little bit longer. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's the greatest feeling when you really can recognize that people are really getting into your, into your music. And uh, it just uh, gives you that extra push to just to give them more. That's awesome. That is awesome. So what would you say your goals are now for your solo music career? What are the, the things you're striving for? Well, to continue to write and, uh, you know, release new stuff in 2023. And with that, promote it and continue to, you know, to push the, you know, the festival markets and the venues and, and try to increase the number of performances, you know, to, to get out there and perform. Yeah, yeah, good. So, Ellis, we have this segment we do on each show. It's called Bout It or Doubt It, okay? Mm-hmm. So, if you're about it, it's something that you like. If you doubt it, it's something you're just not feeling. Can we... Uh, can we get you to participate with us today in Bout It or Doubt It? Let's go. I started this body, body. body. If you body, get him up. Get 
I mean you body body. That I mean you body. body. We say you body body. Uh, I represent. represent. I doubt it. All right, so Ellis, we're going to spin the wheel, and we're going to get you a category. Then we're going to ask you a couple of about or doubted questions, okay? All right. All right. All right, Ellis, your category today is food and beverage holiday edition. All right, so about it or doubted? Turkey. Doubt it. Doubt it. Okay, now see? That's a rare answer. We're we're right around the holiday season, and a lot of people turkeys a go to. So why doubt it for you? It's not my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what's your go to? What's your favorite? Uh, for we we do have turkey, but you know I, I would have to say that you know ham or roast pork is my okay. My gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. See, I am. I'm. I'm okay with turkey. I'm not a big ham guy like my wife loves a good ham i'm okay with turkey but i'm i'm more down for the sides i think you know i'm with you there yeah that's that's probably what more you know and i know it's like like mashed potatoes and the cranberry sauce like those are the things that i'm kind of looking forward to more than anything else i think yeah i'll agree with that yeah yeah all right how about one more about it or doubt it pecan pie Oh, bout it. Yeah, okay, okay. That was a big bout it there, right? Oh, yeah. So, okay, so you got a sweet tooth, huh? I do, I yeah. do. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, it is, it is. Is that one of your go-tos, or what else are your are your go-tos on the sweet side of things? That's a, especially during the holidays, that's a good, that's a go-to, and pumpkin pie is a go-to. So yeah, yeah. Those, those two are... Yeah, that's that. They're it. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I dig. My wife, she loves the pumpkin pie, and so we always have pumpkin pie. We have the pecan pie sometimes. My wife makes a peanut butter cake, which is unreal. You know, oh, I bet. I'm a, I'm a peanut, I'm a peanut butter fan. But yeah, that peanut butter cake is unreal. So that's one of the things I really look forward to in the holidays. That's good. Yeah, I mean, it's a great time of the year. You know, to chill out and to you know, to relax, be with family. Do you guys have any like specific holiday traditions that you carry out or? No, not really. You know, we, all of our uh, kids are up in uh, Maine. Uh-huh. still. They still live there. So it's a, it's a lot of uh, FaceTime during Christmas day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. With the different kids and uh, you know, checking things out. And uh, we usually have relatives that are here over, but we do on Christmas Eve. We typically go to relatives' house um, nearby. But the biggest thing that you know that's kind of tradition for for us here in Florida is that that we just we buy a bunch of stuff and we go out in the community and find the different people that are on the streets and uh, and uh, we give backpacks away of things they need and food and stuff like that. That so. is cool. That is fantastic, man. Like that. See, that's what it's about. At the end of the day, that's what it's about, right? You're making an impact on lives, and those things mean a ton to people. Yeah, we try to give back every year. Good for you, man. Good for you. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Well, let's play a song from your Catch the Groove days. How about we listen to Shake and Not Stirred? All right.
All right. So you just heard Shaken Not Stirred by featuring Ellis White, our, our guest today. And so, Ellis, what is the feeling like when you have success on the charts like you did with Shaken Not Stirred? It's a major accomplishment. And, uh, you know, it's just... Uh, you know, it's like, wow, this song really had an impact. You know, it, it made it to the charts. And keeping it real, I, I didn't have the ability to capture one of the big, you know, four or five radio promoters with keeping it real. So it was a lot of, uh, a lot of self-promotion. But that song has been on multiple charts itself. And uh, been on the, you know, a couple of different top 100s. It's been number one in England. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's made a mark all on its own uh, without, you know, the big radio promoters. And, uh, you know, maybe next time I can go back to that, that way of doing business. Yeah. I think it, I'm hoping and I think it's a little bit easier to succeed outside of the old infrastructure, right? The old label and the old promoter process just with the advent of, social media, I think it's easier to get your, and so many media options, it's easier to get heard, I think, and get your information out there than it used to be back in the day. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. And how, what about like, so you said, it said that keeping it real was number one in, in England. So do you find it easier to get noticed overseas versus in the States or is it about the same? More of my music is listened to and purchased overseas. Okay. Okay. I, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you know, a lot of it is done, you know, in the U.S. as well. But if you look at all the statistics, there's the more listeners, more purchases, and uh, and overseas. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, there is a, a radio promoter in England who has been um, helping promote the song okay. in Europe. And, uh, you know, and he's been, you know, integral and, uh, and the success mm-hmm. and, uh, so, um, you know, with all, all those, uh, all those things, you know, it's just been, it's just been really, really, really going forward. And, uh, I think I might have the opportunity to actually do some performances next year in Europe. So we're keeping my fingers crossed for that. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. At least it's being discussed right now. Good. So. Good for you. Good for you. So is music your hobby and your craft or do you have hobbies outside of music? No, this is, Music is pretty much the the main hobbies or or, or craft. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do have right now a regular job too, but this is uh, the goal is to is to to make this more of a priority as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one thing I don't think a lot of people understand either, particularly in the contemporary jazz genre. There's so many artists that I talk about who are musicians and really at the highest level of being musicians but a lot of them are still doing other things as well you know you know a lot of teachers and professors you know some business owners I had a musician on the other day who was a pilot you know and another another musician who is a a, a dentist you know and so there is that's not at all an uncommon thing that I don't think people really understand no, it's not uncommon at all. Uh, most uh, a majority of uh, you know artist friends are are doing something else. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that that speaks to you know that that it's cool though that 
that people are continuing to pursue their music and, and keeping, because it really, you know, that can change pretty quickly. You know, a couple of hits come together and then boom, it's a different, it's a different environment sometimes for a musician. Yeah. This, uh, this particular song has really made some changes for me. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So what was the first concert you, you, you attended? Do you recall? Oh, first ever concert yeah oh wow that was probably it was uh it was a rock concert it was the band boston oh yeah that was that was the first concert i ever went to how old were you when you did that one i believe i was like 20 okay 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 was that up in New Hampshire area then? Or? Yes, it was. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, re- I remember Boston. I don't remember a lot of their songs, but I certainly remember the band. And I remember their album covers. I remember the, um, I'm dating myself and saying album covers, but <laughs> I, I remember how, you know, the, like the illustrations that they used to have, how colorful they were, they were and things like yeah. that back in the day. Yeah, they were very, very colorful. Yeah. That's one thing I miss. I miss album cover art, you know? Album cover art used to be really cool. Yeah, it has changed uh, a, a lot of. Uh, I see a lot of people having their picture on yeah. the album covers nowadays. Yeah, yeah. You know, as opposed to the artwork, I've been trying to actually use artwork in some fam, you know, some fashion, uh, as opposed to you know an actual, up, you know, a front picture. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I still like now. I think one of the one of the contemporary jazz groups that go, does a good job. I think the Rippingtons do a great yes. job still I'm just of. Uh, say them, yes. Yeah, they yes. do a great job still of making sure that that they're they're keeping that tradition of art alive. So, so tell me something that listeners, our listeners, would be surprised to learn about you. I don't know. I mean, I guess it would be one thing they probably would be surprised. I spent about. 10 years as a paramedic. Oh, wow. Yep. And I actually had an opportunity. It didn't work out, but I had an opportunity to go to medical school. Okay. But uh, just the, 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 the times were, were, were different and it just didn't work out, but you know, there's no regrets. I'm happy where I am. Yeah. And uh, you know, I like doing what I'm doing. I bet you experienced probably some pretty crazy stuff as a paramedic for 10 years. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. How do you, like, how how did you maintain your, I mean, like, you're probably seeing life and death stuff. How how were you able to kind of maintain your, I guess I'll just say sanity in the midst of that and keep yourself, you know, cool going, dealing with that kind of stuff? Because that's kind of, that's a lot to deal with. Well, the one good thing with, uh, that profession is uh, most any place has a very good, solid debriefing program. Okay. You know, you have plenty of support, plenty of people to talk to. You know, if uh, something really disturbs you, you know, there's ample time to to get through it before you have to go back out there. And uh, so it there's uh, it's just such a good support behind those people that do that work. That, and that's how they get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So what advice would you give your 13 year old self about life, Ellis? Should just keep moving forward mm-hmm. and uh, never give up. Yeah. 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 You know, that's, that's will be the, the key just to, to never give up. 
you know, always hold on to that dream regardless of the outcome and uh, just keep moving forward. Yeah, that is great advice. I tell you, I, you know, I come across people who, in fact, I had a conversation with a musician about four years ago who was about to give up and he's a really, really good musician. And I remember we were sitting, we sat, we got met for lunch. We ended up talking for like three hours that day. And I remember saying to him that, you know, you've got a real gift. Don't quit on your gift, man. Don't quit on your gift. And he has told me multiple times afterwards that, you know, that it was that conversation that gave him enough, a little bit of juice, enough to just say, okay, I'm going to stick with it for a while. And now he's having all kinds of great success, you know, in the States and overseas and, you know, charting and all that stuff and touring and everything. And so you're absolutely right. It is key to just, you know, hang in there, you know, a little while longer, you know, things will, things will break for you a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, there was a, a point a couple of years ago myself, I mean, it's like, I, I, I doubted if I was going to continue to do this, but I, I, I hung in there and, yeah. uh, got keeping it real out and you know it was it was the best decision i made yeah good for you good for you well how about we listen to one more of your songs from the catch the groove days this is paradise
That was Paradise. Today's guest, Ellis White, featured as guitarist on that song from the, the group Catch the Groove that Ellis was a longtime member of. So, Ellis, you know, what is, I know you got a lot of different influences. We've talked a little rock, we've talked a little blues, we talked certainly contemporary jazz. What's playing in your car right now? I pretty much, my car is on Sirius XM. Okay, 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 yeah, um, yeah. Pretty much on watercolors all the time. Yeah, okay, okay, you're, you're kind of like me. Are there artists that are standing out to you that you're, that you're hearing on, on, that, on that platform? Yeah, there's a um, pianist that is uh, really, uh, I, I think, has a real potential to make it big. And uh, I think it's uh, Yulia Petrova. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, her stuff is, is really, really good. And, and there's, there's a number of, of different new artists out there that, you know, I'm, I'm liking their stuff. Uh, Costella, you know, the, uh, some of the new stuff by, you know, guitarists like uh, Adam Holly. Um, yeah. Those yeah. Is, uh, yeah, there's a lot of really nice stuff that's, 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 that's coming out. But, yeah. you know, as far as a couple of the, the newer ones that I'm used to, those two, I, I think, uh, you know, have a really good shot. Yeah. I'm feeling kind of like with the, in the contemporary jazz space, and I don't know if you feel this too, like I, I think we went through a period where there was maybe, you know, 20 or 30 acts that were everybody saw as the acts in the genre. But now there's so many different acts and there's younger people and there's people who are coming in into it from other genres of music too that I think are really making uh you know, making the genre, you know, interesting, creative again, and not that it wasn't always, but just more interesting and more creative because it's just like so much new, good, unexpected stuff. You know, I absolutely, you know, it's uh like um, when uh, Damien Escobar, he came on the scene yeah, some years ago with the, his new sound, you know, and um, it, you know, it's guys like that, you know, bring a, a fresh new sound to the genre. It's, it's, it just makes it exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does. There's no doubt about it. So, okay. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Can you ne- tell us your three favorite albums of all time? Three favorite albums. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, okay, okay, all but right. I'm trying to think of the actual names of the albums of some of the artists, so. Okay, uh, if yeah. you're, it's, it's not an easy question, is it? No, it's not. I, I ask all of our guests that question, and it's one that, now, I ask it oftentimes for, well, for two reasons. One, because I think it's just interesting to know. It tells a lot about, you know, your influences, but two, for me, I always end up discovering something new when artists when when artists share with me what their favorite albums are. You know, it's like you know I I think I feel like every time like I, I'll never forget we had a a guest on one day and he he one of his favorite albums was a Level Forty Two album that I re, I remembered it vaguely from my college days. But right after the show, I got I got in my car and the first thing I did was I pulled up. On my iPhone, I pulled up that album and started listening to it, you know? So it's it's a cool thing. To, and I know for me, like, it, you know, like, there's probably one or two that would always be on that list, but there's always some change and some some movement in that list for me. Yeah. You know, I, the only one I can think of right now, one of the most, the favorite albums that I've listened to, it's, it's uh, I think it was Supernatural by Santana. Yeah. 
And there is an Earth, Wind, and Fire one, but I just can't remember the name of the album. Okay, okay, yeah. But I, I've gone, I've been to see those cats a few times. That just love their music and their shows. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had a chance to ever see Santana, and that's one that I have got to see at some point. And he was supposed to be in our town recently, this past summer, and unfortunately he was ill. And so he couldn't do the show, and I was really looking forward to to seeing him. But yeah, that that supernatural is one that we hear from from a good number of people as one of their top albums. That's for sure. That's for sure. So one more one more potential. Well, this won't stomp you though. I like to ask this of all of our guests. So you're having a dinner party. You can invite any three people, living or deceased, who's coming to your dinner party, Ellis, and what is on the menu? Oh, let's see. So. One of my favorite people, and as far as an artist, would be Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah. So he'd be on the guest list. Yeah. And let's see, probably, like I mentioned one earlier, Larry Carlton. Yes, yes. What are you serving at your dinner party? I think there'd be a little bit of everything for everybody. Mm -hmm. It would would be like a, a smorgasbord of different types of foods to please everybody. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, that that would be a dinner party, though, that would be, there'd be a lot of good conversation because I saw, I listened to an interview with Larry Carlton recently and have listened to Stevie Wonder interviews lots of times over the years. And those are both some deep, cerebral, thoughtful dudes, right? They, they, like, they are, they're bright, super bright, and they have a, point of view and an opinion about things and so much experience that I can imagine like that would just be like that conversation would go all night long. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as vocalists go, you know, the one I was trying to think of, it it was like it just, you know, trying to think of it would be, uh, even though it's not jazz or contemporary jazz or anything like that, but Adele. Oh, yeah. an amazing personality and um, uh, just a great voice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be a heck of a party, man. I'd have to try to, I'd have to try to sneak into that party, man. That sounds like that <laughs> one would be a good time. Always welcome. All right, good, good, good. So tell us, Ellis, what does what does twenty twenty three hold for you? What do you got coming up? Well, I know, like I said, there's some I, there's some different things that are are being thrown around to happen next year. And uh, a, a couple of uh, collaborations with a couple of big artists. Can't really discuss who they are right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I know that that's being discussed. I know that, like I had said, there's a few different shows in other parts of the of the world that are being discussed, and hopefully those will uh, those will come to fruition. One was really exciting. I is I know that. It's being negotiated whether it comes to be true or not. We'll see. But yeah. was asked if uh, would like to go to Tokyo. Oh, awesome! In twenty twenty three, so that would be an amazing thing to have happen. So we'll okay. see how everything transpires. But it, you know, like everything, it all comes down to negotiations yep. and costs and all of that. So. But in any case, you know, 2023 look, it's going to be quite the year. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. 
Well, I want to thank you for taking time today. Tell people where they can where they can reach you and where they can get get your music, man. My music you can get it at uh, catchthegroovemusic.com and YouTube, Deezer, all kinds of uh, CD Baby. All right, Moth ninety nine. You know all the standard streaming outlets: Spotify, Great. SoundCloud. It's it's just about everywhere. Fantastic. Music can be found. So fantastic. Well, Ellis, we appreciate you taking time to chop it up with us a little bit today. We oh, wish absolutely. you nothing but continued success, man, and all the best. And we'll we'll be looking forward to some of those cool things happening for you in 2023. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate the uh, offer to come on your show. Pleasure is all my ours, man. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. You too. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. Backstage.